0: welcome to the Trade Mastermind podcast. This is the Trade Secrets Series. I'll be your host, Joseph Valente, and this is the number one podcast for the trade and construction industry. We are the secret to starting, scaling, and growing your trade or construction business. At The Trade Mastermind, my ethos has always been, each one, teach one. Reach back, pull somebody else up. Success leaves clues, and the traits of the rich are what I've spent my life studying. Growing up broke gave me a first to make my life better and build wealth to look after my mother, my children, and build a future of choices, time, freedom, and luxury. So now I wanna share those secrets and those lessons with you. The lessons I've learned from my network, my connection, my coaches, my mentors, and these individuals are extremely high net worth, multi-millionaires and billionaires. I'm giving you the opportunity to apply for the new Millionaire Mastermind. It's one of the most exclusive programs I've ever done and it's a 12-month program that will bring you together once a month with some of the most successful business people in the world. We will meet each month in London at a very exclusive venue to learn from the very best and you get the opportunity to network, to learn, to be coached, and be part of something special. This program is very exclusive and it's application only. The first guest mentor that I have joining us on the Millionaire Mastermind is the one and only Charlie Mullins, OBE, founder of Pimlico Plumbers. He has a net worth of over a hundred million pounds and he's gonna be there to teach you how to scale, build and exit your business. If you wish to apply to become part of the Millionaire Mastermind, then please go to the description in the podcast. Everything will be in the description. This is the Trade Mastermind. We are The Secret to Scaling Your Business. Welcome to the Millionaire Mastermind. You can't have success without failure and you can't have failure without success. The two are so intertwined, but I believe that most people don't go on to live their full potential. is because they're afraid to fail. You're afraid of what's gonna happen if it all goes wrong and so people don't shoot big enough. I'm not afraid to shoot and miss because I can get up and go again. And I want to inspire you with my journey to show you how easy it is to actually get back up. So today I'm gonna talk about how a young 15 year old boy that was expelled from school you know, high school dropout was down on his luck. The world had given up on him. He was able to pick himself up. He was able to start a business. He was able... That 25 years of age to win a TV show out of 60,000 people, have a billionaire business partner, become a number one best-selling author, have a number one podcast in the world on iTunes, get into Forbes 30 under 30 in Europe, out of 18,000 people, build a national company, beat British Gas to national installer of the year at the age of 30, lose everything at the age of 32 okay build three businesses and come back with a bang bigger badder and better looking okay Um, and that's why I find myself here today so give me a shout out if you want to hear that story excellent good stuff that's kind of like one of those trailers that you watch it and go well do I actually need to see the film now yeah, I've literally just told you everything that's going to happen. So hopefully you enjoyed my talk, guys, um, and I'll see you all very, very soon. No, okay, awesome, good stuff. So so I've got a feel for the room. Who's a business owner? Excellent, fantastic. And who's got a turnover roughly of less than a million? Okay, and who's above a million? Okay, fantastic. That's awesome. So, I've got a really good feel um, of, uh, of, of you guys now. So, excellent. So, I'm going to start at the beginning because I think it's important. And across my journey, I've been able to learn lots and lots about the world, about me, about business. And I want to share those experiences. So, at 15 years of age, I was expelled from school. Okay. Um, I was. Uh, a young man that was very frustrated um that you know um struggled with authority that didn't like being told what to do that didn't want to listen to teachers you know all the traits of an entrepreneur yeah didn't like rules wanted to break the rules didn't understand why i had to go to an art lesson and be told i was no good at art when i know i can only draw stick men There's no point in telling me or giving me an F in art if I can't draw. Um, So um, having a gun held to my head and having to go to school, I always found extremely difficult. I didn't appreciate education. And um, at 15 years of age, I was a bad kid. Um, and that was because, really, my upbringing was very tough. My dad was a an alcoholic. He drank every single night. He didn't work. My mum worked three jobs to keep our family alive. She, um, you know, she um, worked for real low money, and and it was a very tough upbringing. We didn't have new new stuff. We didn't go on holidays. I didn't go on school trips. And for me, from a very early age, I said, "This isn't how I want to live my life. I don't want to struggle. Okay, I don't want to have to." Um, you know, uh, not get to experience all the nice um, things that life has to offer. And so if I'm going to do something about this, I've got to change my circumstances. I've got to change my life. I've got to live my destiny. And at the age of 15, when I was expelled from school, everybody thought I was finished. I remember when I walked out of the headmaster's office and my mum was crying and she looked at me and she said to me, Joseph, what are you going to do now? what are you actually going to do now and i remember looking up at her and saying mom listen don't worry i'm going to be fine everybody had given up on me but the but the one person who's the most important person that can never give up on you and who do you think that is yourself, yourself. okay i wasn't down and out i wasn't finished i was just beginning and so from the age of 15, I went to work. For that whole year, I should have been in year 11, I went to work with a local plumber for free, okay? I said to him, um, I'm out, you know, I, I don't want to waste this year. Can I come and, watch, come and teach me the trade? Teach me the trade. I'm going to work for free um, to get him to give me the job. And he did just that. So for the whole of year 11, I went to work for a year, okay? I was the best employee. I turned up on time every single day. I did a fantastic job. I really worked hard for him he was about 25 and he had a BMW and he was had nice women at the time and you know for a 15 year old guy that was my guy yeah I wanted to be like that guy my dad left when I was 13 and I haven't seen him since and um he was like my older brother father figure so I just wanted to be like him you know I inspired to be like him um And he did what he said he was going to do. At 16, he put me into college and started to pay me. And I went to college for two years. At 18, became a qualified plumber. At 19, become a qualified gas engineer. And at 19, I was making fifty thousand pounds a year. You know, and only three years prior, I was kicked out of school. So I'd very quickly started to turn my life around. I'd made this great career for myself, had a nice flat, um, had a nice car, had a nice girlfriend at the time, and I thought I was doing really, really well. At the age of 21, I um, went to Australia, I moved to Australia, sold everything that I had and went and lived in Australia for a year. Travelled and it was amazing, incredible. Anybody been to Australia? Anybody travelled Australia? Yeah, how incredible um, it actually is out there. And I spent the whole of my 21st year on this planet, touring the East Coast, partying, having a fantastic time. But then I was ready to come home. I was ready to go to work. I was ready to build a business. And at the age of 22, my mum for Christmas bought me a um, very special book. And it was this book that changed my life. And the title of that book is What You See Is What You Get, right? And I am pro-education now. I have a training company. I am obsessed with personal development. And at 22, I wasn't, right? It was the first book that I'd read since God knows primary school, properly and actually took an active approach in wanting to read it and it's because I um, admired Lord Sugar I was a, an apprentice fan if you know people close to me throughout my late teens and early 20s I would always say one day I'm going to go on The Apprentice one day I'm going to win The Apprentice one day I'm going to be in, on there I can do that show who thinks that they could win The Apprentice if they went on it okay excellent loads of people say that they can the difference is I applied and went for it. Um, but I read this book. And up until this point, I believed that successful success and wealth was for only the special among us. The people that had been handed it, the people that had come from the right families, the right bloodlines, they'd been given silver spoons. The people I grew up around, that's how we had a perception. I didn't grow up around wealth, okay? And so those people made excuses as to why they weren't successful by putting people that were on this um, pedestal that was unreachable. And so I read this book and I said, hang on, you know, Lord Sugar came from nothing and now he's got billionaire wealth billionaire wealth and I literally read this book it's about that thick right I read the book over the period of 2011 Christmas because I was employed at the time so I had time off about two weeks and I read the book um, in that period I couldn't put it down I was reading it till four or five every morning doing six hour stints on this book to get through it and every page was just igniting this insane fire in my soul. I felt my DNA changing. You know, this monster was being created that I started to realize that, wow, right, I can do this. There is nothing that this guy has that I don't. What is this? Um, story that I've been convincing myself with this whole time as to why I can't be um, that successful. And so it inspired me that much, okay, that on the 1st of January 2012, I quit my 50 grand a year job, no business plan, no experience running a business, no idea how I was going to do it. I quit my job and took out a 15,000 pound loan from Tesco's. And one of the um, biggest challenges, I suppose, for many people looking to start, and you're all business owners in the room, right? So you know the, you know what I'm going to be saying here, is actually getting started. You know, people want everything to be perfect. And now I say to business owners, you know, the biggest challenge I see for most business owners um, is that they're in their own way. Yeah, Plumbers start plumbing businesses. Hairdressers start hairdressing businesses. Accountants start accounting practices. But just because we were good at the job, it doesn't mean that we have any understanding of how to actually run and grow a business. Who started their business because they were amazing at the job and thought they could do it better than their boss? anybody in the room? Okay, a few people. Say that again. He did agree with you. Excellent. And did you do a better job? Awesome. Let's give him a round of applause. Amazing. So, you know, I was the same. I was a plumber that felt I could do it better than my boss. I'd been inspired by this book, so I thought, I'm just going to go for this. So with that £15,000, okay, I bought a van, um, I bought some tools, okay, I got a website, and I founded the name Impragas, it's 22 years of age and my company had started. an Impra um, translating from Latin to English. I remember when I was looking for the name, I wanted the brand, you know, and um, for many people in business, you know, brand is incredibly important. And I think getting the brand right um, in the early days to match where you're going to take the company in the future is very important, especially in construction. You know, JVs, plumbing and heating was not how I wanted to be seen. Yeah, because I had the visions that one day I was going to have this national company. Yeah, and my vans were going to be going up and down the motorway. I wanted to be the next British Gas, so I had to create a brand that was going to stand the test of time um, as it scaled. You know, and I do believe that for everybody in the room, You know, as you're growing your organisations, one of the most important things that you must have a solid um, grasp on is what's the end goal? Yeah, what's the exit strategy? Begin with the end in mind. What are you building your businesses for? Is it to hand it down to a family member? Is it to sell it? Okay, is it to keep cash flowing it and taking that money and putting it into other ventures? What's the end goal for you? And as we scale and grow businesses, I do think that we can get lost in the doing. You know, we can look a month ahead, we can look six months ahead, we can look 12 months ahead. But beginning with the end in mind is something that I think um, all of us have to have a solid focus on. What's the vision Yeah, as the business owner, you are the visionary and what's the vision? And for Impra, I had a very solid vision. It was going to become a national company, begin with the end in mind. I saw it way before it happened. So I started this company, and um, I was out in the working world, and I wanted to change the industry. My my skill is in innovation. I do what the competition won't do. I'll go into an industry and I'll shake it up because I see different. I see. Um, I see differently to other people. For me, it's not about um, doing what everybody else does. And I think what I've learned in business, um, and I've worked in very, very saturated markets. You know, I built a national boiler installation company in a market where there's thousands and thousands of plumbers and I did it in three years, and I'm gonna tell you shortly how I did that, okay? But the simplest way to get ahead if you're trying to scale your business, from my experience, is to do what the competition won't do or to do what the competition isn't doing. A lot of these industries, especially in construction, they've worked the way they've always worked, and everybody does it the same. There's no innovation from so many of these businesses. And so to make a real impact um, in in the business world, you don't have to reinvent the wheel as far as I'm concerned, right? You've just got to modify it. You don't have to be the next iPhone. And sometimes doing the basics better and tweaking the basics to the customer makes you seem like you've created an insane level of innovation. Now, I hit 25 years of age. I had a half a million pound company. I had six plumbers working for me. I had a nice little office above an estate agent's, and I was doing very well. I had that convertible M3 BMW. I had a nice house. I had a nice business. I had plenty of money. I'd almost created um, the guy that I wanted to be based on the guy that I started working for when I was 16 years of age. But I'd hit my ceiling. Does anybody feel like they've hit their ceiling in this room? Okay, has anybody hit their ceiling before in this room? Yeah, okay, cool. So I felt like I'd hit my ceiling, right? And my knowledge had leveled off. I didn't know what to do next. I didn't know how to go from a half a million pound a year company to a one million pound a year company. I didn't know how to get to the next level. I'd hit my ceiling and I'd capped out. Yeah, I was working seven days a week, I was running my business in my mind, we didn't have great systems and processes in the organisation and I knew that things needed to change. You know, you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always got and so I knew I needed mentorship. Who's had a mentor in their business? Okay. Yeah, I knew I needed mentorship. I wanted to learn from people. I wanted to learn from those that were successful. But it's quite funny because you know my business now trains businesses and mentoring and coaching is one of the services that we sell um, and do very well with. But at the time, no one was telling me this when I'd got into business. I didn't know I should be learning from other people and should have a coach and and all of that type of stuff. And I feel that even though I did very well over those first three years in business and um, built quite a profitable, uh, nice local business, business that actually I could have done it a hell of a lot faster yeah because most of us don't scale fast enough or correctly because we don't know what we don't know and the two ways that I see there are to learn in business are either on the job and failing loads so you get the experience and you learn or you do that from somebody else you learn from somebody else's mistakes now Being on the journey that I've been on, if I could have learnt from somebody else's mistakes a lot faster than failing on the job to the level that I have, damn, I'd have been picked a mentor the whole time. Yeah, I want to learn from the mentor the whole time. How many coaches can I get? How many cheat codes can you teach me? How many hacks to the system can you teach me? I want to fast track this stuff. I don't want to have to experience um, all of the emotion that comes with the failure and the pain and the challenges. So at 25, I'd hit my ceiling. I knew I needed a mentor. I needed help. Yeah. Secondly, I needed cash. Yeah, I needed investment right, but I didn't know about investment, I didn't know what to do with the investment, but I knew I needed cash. And then finally, number three, I knew I needed exposure. One of my missions has, and still is, is to get the world to know my name. You know, I've always said to my mum over the years since I've been young, the world is going to know my name. I'm going to leave a legacy on this planet that is going to last a thousand years, okay. Joseph Valente the 10th is going to have a portrait above his fireplace of me on that wall. My bloodline starts now, okay? It starts with me. Um, and so uh, I needed exposure. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, I needed exposure. And my mum's not a Valente anymore. She's a Newton now. So the Valente name starts here. Um, so uh, I needed exposure. Yeah, if we want to scale, we need attention. We need people to know who we are. I wanted doors to open up for me. And I came in. Does anybody here believe in the law of attraction? Okay, practice the law of attraction. Amazing. Good stuff. Okay, so um, I came into my um, home on January the 9th, 2015 at nine o'clock. And um, I'm having a real shit day. Things weren't moving forward. I was really stressed. You know, running a maintenance company, 24 hour maintenance company is a difficult business to run anyway. Hard negative pressure a lot of the time. Um, And I'm a big believer that the universe sends you signs quite frequently. Right, and you only see those opportunities if your eyes are really open. Because a lot of us work on autopilot. You know, we get up, we do our routine, we go to work, we go through the motions, we finish, and then we're on repeat. We're on repeat. We're on repeat. But there's all of this stuff going on around us. You know, have you ever sat in the garden one day and actually just heard heard, heard the birds sing? And for that moment there, you've actually acknowledged that you've heard that bird sing, even though you go outside and hear it all the time and you don't really pay attention to it. Well, the universe sent me a sign that evening. It was nine thirty. I walked into the kitchen, I turned on my light, and it said, "Final call." It was Lord Sugar's Facebook page. "Final call um, to apply for the Apprentice. Twenty-four hours left." And it was literally, boom, that was my moment. I knew then and there that I'd won that show. I knew at that very moment that I was going to win that show. And so I put my details in and a couple of weeks later, in my inbox, out-pinged up this invitation to, come in a, um, to go on the show. Actually, it was an application form first. So... Uh, they sent me an application form to apply and it, and it landed in my box and I was just like this is it this is it for me because over that three-year period and um, between 22 and 25 to the moment I applied I used to tweet Lord Sugar all the time can't wait for our meetings can't wait to work with you just fire insane stupid tweets over to the guy and it was quite funny because the Daily Mail picked up a tweet that I'd sent him in 2013 saying Lord Sugar thanks for the coffee can't wait to do business um, and it was like hang on is there a secret? agenda here did this guy know Lord sugar before he won and it was actually me just being stupid firing out law of attraction stuff to him over that period of time Um, and so for me at that moment one thing I learned that you know the universe really does have your back and I believe that in times of struggle and in times of challenge if you're really focused you know I believe that results go where energy flows So if you're focused on fixing something and you become obsessive with fixing something quite um, quickly things start to move out the way yeah and opportunities start to present themselves it's a bit like um you know when you see somebody that you've not seen in a while i was driving down the motorway the other day and i was thinking i wonder how richard grocott's doing then i looked to my left and there was a guy on the motorbike and he's like hey it was richard pulling up alongside me um and then you see that person that you haven't seen in a while you know anybody experienced that well that's not coincidence that's the law of attraction Okay, that is the law of attraction. I'm bringing that to you, okay? And it works with everything. It works with everything, not just people. It works with opportunity. And I've law of attraction so many things into my life now that I no longer believe that it's coincidence. And I have a formula that I practice that pretty much works and has allowed me to achieve everything that I set my mind to. So I'd applied for this show, put myself out there. Universe had sent me a sign. Um, got, got the application to turn up, went through all of the audition processes and everything else and um, you know, 60,000 people applied for that show, 60,000 and then there's this guy that shows up in a grey suit with a little moustache, you know, expelled from school plumbing and heating business owner and he gets an invitation to come on you know, out of 60,000 people, I was one of the people that they picked to be a contestant on that show, and so I went on to the show, and um, I saw all of these egos, I'd not been in an environment like that, okay, I'd not been in an environment where there were so many um, savages in one house, you know, there was 18 of us all living in this building, and um, I learned very, very quickly from that process and being around those people is there are two types of people. There's people that talk the talk and there's people that walk the talk. Yeah, And I walk the talk. And so very quickly, I was able to, I was able to um, size up my competition and say, right, who's serious here? Yeah, Who am I going to have to crush? right, in this, who am I going to have to crush in this process to win this show, because it's savage, right, it's a competition, yeah, we're competing, and if I go into a competition, I go to win, and I always get asked this question, and it baffles me, right, and I think it's a projection of the individual, um, rather than it being a question for me, and people say, Joseph, did you really think you were going to win, did you really think you were going to win? I'm like, what do you mean? Of course, I thought I was going to win. Why would I apply for a show and go into a competition if I didn't think that I was going to win? Who enters a race to come second place? Put your hands up. No one right? So of course you think you're going to win and I learned again very quickly that you don't do anything in life that you're not serious about. If you don't believe that you're going to execute then you usually end up failing. You're either all in or you're not and so sitting in front of somebody like Lord Sugar, right, I very quickly said to myself I'm not going to BS this guy once, right? He is going to get who I am and he's either going to buy me for it or he's going to hate me for it. But I am not going to talk shit, right, about any of these people here. All I'm going to do is promote myself. And the one mistake that these contestants make, and I see it year on year, is they try to leverage why you screwed up to protect themselves. My approach was different. My approach was, screw the people that have screwed up, I am going to do something on every task to show Lord Sugar why I should remain. Do you see the difference? Yeah, who watches the show? Okay, so for those of you that have seen it, you'll see that there are people on there that just try to pull other people down and I never attacked anybody in that show unless they tried to attack me first because I'm more bothered about talking about myself. Sugar wants to know why I should remain, not why Joe did a terrible job just to save my skin. And he liked that approach. And when I got to spend more time with him and be around somebody like him, I come to learn even more that it's those people that just want it straight, you know, and actually they can see through the BS in a second. And so you don't have to... um, Uh, fake it till you make it. You've just got to be real. You've got to be real and own who you are. So I went through the process and, um, you know, I ended up coming out victorious from that show. So at 25 years of age, that same billionaire that inspired me to quit my job at the age of 22, off the back of reading his book, bought 50% of my company for £250,000. Is that a cool story? Yeah? How amazing is that? How was I able to pull that off? And um, a big part of that for me was um, showing up, putting myself in those Environments that can create the opportunity. Putting myself out there, getting attention, not being afraid of what people would say, getting known. um, And and that's how you get big success. You've got to put yourself out there, and people don't. You know, the amount of trolls, uh, the amount of trolls that I got and still have off the back of that show um, was insane. Yeah? I've got lots of fans and I've got lots of haters. But whether I've got fans or whether I've got haters, did I still win? Did I still get the opportunity? And then all of a sudden, this little plumbing and heating business owner that had a regional company was able to get um, through to anybody in the industry that he wanted to. My phone blew up. The opportunities that were coming were absolutely crazy. I couldn't believe the doors um, that were opening up to me. And it was an incredible experience, an amazing experience. I went from just the average Joe on the street um, to having all of this attention. And it was an incredible, amazing experience. And after winning that show, it was a strange one because I had to go from you know, all of this hype, all of this attention, um, all of this uh, PR uh, to just going back to running my business. And it was a really strange feeling for me, and one that I've always kind of struggled with up until now that I just got this incredible high. It was just an incredible high, like a feeling that I've never had before. You know, winning this show for me was like winning a World Cup in my world, it was like winning a winning a um, a heavyweight championship boxing match. That is my arena. That was the best of the best, the best title that I could possibly get. And then I went on this journey of searching for that buzz again. You know, and I decided to write a book. A year later, I wrote Expelled from the Classroom to Billionaire Boardroom. That became a number one bestseller. I set in my mind that I was going to do it. I did it. I launched a podcast. I got into Forbes in Europe out of 18,000 people. Forbes 30 under 30. And then um, in 2017, I'd been working with Lloyd Sugar for about two years. And I decided it became a strange environment. Has anybody worked with investors before? Anybody work with a business partner and it didn't work out? Okay, cool. So I worked with Lord Sugar for about two years. And um, very quickly, I started to... I started to see that this guy that I'd put on such a pedestal, this guru of business, really didn't know too much about the construction industry. I didn't know much about running a service-based business. So the board meetings became challenging. I became the one that had to present the answers rather than going there to get the support. I went on for mentorship. I didn't go on because I had all the answers. Um, And what those guys Gave me obviously was a 250,000 the show gave me a lot of exposure but in the board meetings there wasn't much more than the financial knowledge it was Lord Sugar it was um, his FD, it was his assistant FD and so they became very financially led, it became about the numbers. But what it actually did for me um, as a 25 year old, you know, I don't know about you guys, but as far as I'm concerned, you know, as a plumber running a plumbing business, I didn't understand accounts for the first few years. You know, once a year I'd go and see my accountant and he'd say to me, have I made a profit? Have I made a lot? Yes, you made a profit. Well done. Okay, brilliant. See you next year. Yeah, So I didn't really understand the numbers. I didn't understand p ls I didn't understand margins. I didn't understand cash flow. cash flow. I understand hard graft. That's what I understood. And um, when I sat in this board meeting with Lord Sugar and they brought out the first board pack and it had all of the numbers in, I remember looking at it and thinking, I don't really know what this means. right?" I'm just looking at it thinking, I don't understand these numbers. Um, and that was embarrassing for me. It was extremely embarrassing. And so I left that first board meeting thinking, I have got to level up here. And that was one of the best lessons I've ever taken. Yeah, Because it started to force me on this journey of seeking out knowledge and personal development and understanding that if I was serious about this thing and I want to become the billionaire that I say I'm going to become, then I need to start um, matching my ambitions with the right actions. And knowledge is power. And like I said at the beginning of the talk, right? business owners are in their own way. I train companies now, I have 2,000 clients, and especially in the construction space, most people are tradespeople that have built trades businesses. They don't understand business. And not understanding business properly is dangerous. Yeah, because when you don't understand the numbers, you over leverage, you grow too quickly. um, You know, you don't hire the right people. You don't quickly put in the systems. You don't keep an eye on the cash flow. It's dangerous. And people don't know because they don't have the education. Um, And so education became something that I was obsessed with. And just being around those people forced me to level up. But also, after two years, I said, this partnership's not really working for me yeah i'm coming here once a month it's a negative experience for the moment to bring answers that i don't have okay and um, i don't really think that we're aligned in our vision i want to become number one in the uk you want me to have a small little business that ticks along every year that you can bring me on the show and say yep Joe's is doing well he's making a couple hundred grand profit fantastic and i just become a number now that didn't sit too well with me Because one of my main inspirations from Lord Sugar was that he built Amstrad and he was a young 20 something year old that had created this billion dollar business. And that was who I wanted to be. That was the story that I wanted to um, have. That was the legacy that I wanted to create. So it came to a point where I said, look, Lord Sugar, this ain't working for me right, I'm coming here, you guys aren't um, giving me the answers that I need, I'm not getting the support, the financial infrastructure has been built, Um, unless you want to be number one, yeah, um, then this isn't going to work, I'm not afraid to fail, yeah, and I want to go big and I want to go big quickly, right, so you're either on board with me or let me buy you out because I'm going there, And I understand that you don't want to put your reputation on the line, yeah? So let me go. Let me go and carve my own path. We did a deal in 2017, and I was out. Now, I must say, for a 27-year-old guy to be the first apprentice ever to buy Lord Sugar Out, that was one ballsy move from me. You know, and I had 50 people working for me at the time. And I remember going back and having to tell the company and say to people, look, I've bought Lord Sugar out now. I'm on my own running the company again. And, you know, there were all these things going through my head like, are people going to think the company's failing? What are they going to think about the business? What's the press going to say? Because you see, every move that I make um, is micromanaged by the press. Everything that happens to me in business, I don't just have to worry about what other people will say. I have to worry about what they'll print in newspapers. Um, And so that's a whole nother level of pressure that's always on my shoulders. But I knew that it wasn't right, you know, and I knew that it wasn't going to stand the test of time. And if you're working in business, if you've got a partner, if you're not aligned in your vision, then it's only going to get worse. And that was another amazing lesson that I took in my mid-20s, that I've got to get out. And I've got to go it alone and I've got to be brave enough to know that this needs to stop now. And so that's exactly what I did. I bought Lord Sugar out um and we were doing around a million a year. And then three years later in 2019, I'd taken that business by myself to become the largest boiler installation company in the UK. We were doing a million a month in sales. I had over a hundred people working for me. We became the largest boiler installation company in the UK. I won national um, award for heating installer, um, beating British gas. And so I set out at that time to achieve what that young 20, 22 year old and was going to achieve. I became that national business that I'd always set my mind on becoming. And it was a strange feeling for me. And I remember actually hitting it, becoming national. And really, what solidified it was when I went and won the award for National Installer of the Year. I remember going up on stage. I remember getting that award. I remember everybody cheering, giving me a big clap. And it was almost like um, the motivation kind of drained from my body. It was a real surreal experience. And I'd set out what I'd, um, I'd achieved, what I'd set out to do all of those years. And so I knew at that time, at that moment, that it was my time to exit. But a couple of months later, uh, as much as I felt that around the award time, Impregnance started to struggle financially. Yeah, We'd become a national company, I'd grown very, very quickly, um, I'd um, built huge overheads and in infrastructure, uh, we were operating in every major city in the UK, and one thing that I didn't know, yeah being my first national business that I'd built, was that when you get there, you've got to have enough money to stay there right and then I ended up going to war with British Gas and these big companies in every major city for advertising to, qu- to try and acquire the leads to fill my national sales teams to drive the installations um, and when Brexit happened and the warmer winters started towns started to not perform and we really really started to struggle and it was at the end of 2019 where I knew that you know this business was going to go down Right, and I had to do something about it, and I had to do something very, very quickly. Time was running out super fast, Um, and uh, I had all of these people around me that had been on the journey with me, and I'd had advisors, I had mentors, I had all of these people telling me what to do, how to do it, Um, and it didn't quite come to fruition. The vision that we had, didn't quite come to fruition we got there but we couldn't stay there so I had to make some very very difficult choices and um, I had to shut part of the business down I had to sell off the brand I sold off the assets. I sold it to a recovery company that um, took all of the staff over so I managed to keep the staff's jobs safe um, I managed to get them to take the liability for the service contracts and the warranty and create this new company that suppliers and other people um, that we'd work with We're able to trade with um, and keep moving forward with Um, but it was very very difficult you know I'd never has anybody had a failed business in the room that they care to share okay cool you know and look there's nothing wrong with it business people fail all of the time and it's part of the process because you can be successful and play small playing small is easy. I'm not interested in playing small and doing a few hundred thousand a year and making a bit of profit. That's not my game. That's not what I'm here for. You know, I can run that with my eyes closed. Um, But I want to go big, right? And I aim to go big. And if you're going to shoot big and build big, there is that risk. And for every one of us, we always have to understand what is that risk versus reward factor? What will happen if this goes wrong? And at the age of 30, when all of this started to crumble around me, I couldn't believe it. You know, I thought that Impra was going to sell for millions. I thought by my early 30s, I'm going to exit that company and sell it to British Gas. And it's going to be worth an insane amount of money. And I'm going to be set for life just off my first opportunity vehicle um, that I created. And that just wasn't the case, um, And I I feel like maybe because of all of the things that happened to me in my 20s, everything I touched turned to gold. Everything I said that I was going to do, I went and achieved. And it was almost like I'd come into this false sense of security that everything um, was gonna be a guarantee. So every move that I made, I was gonna execute on. And maybe to um, my detriment, that wasn't the case. And I think the universe taught me a lesson. I think the universe came across and said, this guy's got too cocky now, right? And and the universe came with a right hook and put me down on my backside and sent me all the way back down to the bottom. Um, And coming out of Impera at the age of 30 and having to start again, you know, like I said to you guys, I had 100 plus people working for me, a million a month in sales. I operated in every major city in the UK. This young plumber um, who'd started this business at 22 became this CEO of this national company um, across that period of time. And so it was a very difficult pill to swallow. Very difficult. January 2020, I was out. And I'd I'd worked night and day in this company for eight years to get it to where it was. I was out and I was back to square one at the bottom. And I fell... I fell for a very short time into a state of depression. I was worried about what papers were going to write. I was worried about what people were going to say. Um, I felt like it was over. I didn't know if I could get back up. I didn't know if I was this one-trick pony that got lucky on his first journey, um, and um, you know, had created this company by luck. I didn't know, and all of these things were in my mind, and I remember at the time looking for stories. Who's failed? who's failed? You know, share with me the knowledge I want to see. And there wasn't much out there because people don't like to talk about it. And for the first, it, for me, I can stand here now talking about it much more comfortably. And I'll tell you why in a moment. But um, at the time, it was, you know, I almost tried to bury it. And what I realized, though, actually was Um, that, you know, failure becomes um, uh, part of the process. And I've learned this, success isn't guaranteed and failure isn't final, yeah? Success isn't guaranteed and failure isn't final. So what I decided to do in true entrepreneur style was look back at what went wrong, right? And I believe the best businesses are born out of real life problems, okay? And I looked at it and said, Joe, you did an incredible job. Right? To, get what you, to get to where you got to over that time from where you've come from. You did incredibly well, but you went into it right um, with, a, with a lack of um, knowledge. And it was the knowledge um, that caused the mistakes because I didn't know what I was doing wrong. And I said, how many people in construction were like me? Were plumbers that have started plumbing businesses, electricians that have started electrical businesses, builders that build houses? Yep, there's thousands of those people. And so I said, if I can use my experience of building a national company, working with Lord Sugar, doing all the things that I've done, teaching marketing, teaching sales, teaching systems, processes, teaching people to understand accounts and finance, surely people will pay for this knowledge. And so at the beginning of 2020, I decided to build a new company called The Trade Mastermind and I started putting myself out there telling people that I would help them grow their construction businesses. Now, I can tell you, fast forward two years on, Um, I've taken the Trade Mastermind from a standing start in my apartment with a roller banner and Facebook Live preaching down the phone um, to now 3 million in sales in our first 18 months. I've got 25 staff, I've created 25 new jobs, um, I've launched two businesses off the back of the Trade Mastermind. I have a recruitment company now called Trade Recruit, I have a marketing agency called Trade Social. I'm just about to launch Trade Coach, which is an action coach model. Um, We've got 2,000 clients across the country. um, I'm back in the game yeah I'm, I'm back and um, uh, I'm, I'm 32 years of age now um, and I've got a lot of knowledge I've got a lot of experience and I feel this time around that um, you know having that education you know who's got more than one business you know the second time the third time the fourth time how much quicker and easier does it become you know, you know where to put the chess pieces, right? You know what moves to make. You know who to bring in, what jobs to create, what systems that you need, what connects that you need, how much cash you need, how to price your product. Okay, so it becomes a lot faster. And I think that um, the experience from that first business and um, taking all of the things that I learned into this company is what's allowed me to bounce back so quickly, um, and you know if I can leave you guys really with the final statement and I just want to repeat um, something that I'd said uh, a second ago was that success isn't guaranteed um, failure isn't final hopefully you've enjoyed my story thank you very much Head over to www.trademastermind.co.uk to find out more or follow us on social media at Trademastermind or at Mr. Joseph Valente.